Mm-hmm. I mean, you're there. What do you would you would you say that they've had in the last two years had an accomplishment by your definition, whatever it is? I mean, I, I don't want to say by my definition. It, it depends who you're talking to, but I'm sure it does. You know, like. <laughs> You know, if um, I did an article, you know, reviewing Carney's first two years, like six months ago, and it's like, okay, what's his major accomplishment? And some people will point to the Coastal Zone Act, the DITO reorganization, and others will say, like, well, that's not an accomplishment, but, you know, matter of perspective. Yeah, uh, yes, the people who are there are going to tell you that they have some, because mm-hmm. they're just going to make some. Yeah, up. I mean, obviously, the administration people are going to say, oh, you know, we've done X, Y, and Z, all these good things, and yeah. others will say, well, not really. Well, people, uh, welcome again. Uh, I was I was actually mulling over uh, making a pledge to you all that for for one or two episodes I would try to be like nicer, like about stuff and not be so like uh, hostile. Um, but then I realized that our guest tonight is Matt Biddle, who covers the General <laughs> Assembly for the Delaware State News, and I thought about who we were going to talk about. So fuck it, I'm not doing that tonight. <laughs> So welcome everyone to the bunker. We're here in the shadow of Rockford Tower, and we're still watching. We see you all. Trust me. Some of you are going to get named tonight. Um, Matt. Anyway, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So should be interesting. Yeah. So um, the first thing is some of the recent things mm-hmm. is this because uh, you ha- you wrote a little piece about it a couple days ago, I think, mm-hmm. and it, it it framed the gun legislation failure. In sort of like an inner Nicene, you know, you know, blue on blue fire, mm-hmm. and, and and it's interesting to me because I always wonder, or somebody posed the question to me a couple of weeks ago, who are who is our political enemy? Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought the same thing. It's sort of like the conservative Democrat is our political enemy, but again, in the same column, I think you said something about the uh, Del Loco or whatever his name is, and, uh, and Del Colo, Del Colo, yeah. But back to the gun thing, um, would you frame it, uh, well, it, it just explain some of the background sure. and then how it kind of went down, and then we'll talk about some specifics mm-hmm. that I've, I've put down here. So back in, I think, January, um, McBride, Dave McBride, the president of Pro Tem, told Scott Goss, who was at the News Journal at the time, that there was the assault weapons bill would get a floor vote because last year it did not get out of committee there was an attempt to suspend the rules and i think it came up one vote short anyway um fast forward to late march early april i forget which one and democrats announced three gun bills assault weapons um banning large capacity magazines and creating a permit to purchase and they had their committee hearing beginning of may i believe and it was expected they'd get out of committee it was it was like a kind of a foregone conclusion pretty much four democrats on the committee two republicans so you know and mcbride has promised they get out and then anyway that was a wednesday i got a tip thursday night that they were not getting out um i remember it was friday morning but anyway i reach anyway i reach out to some people confirm that talk to townsend um i was able to talk to nicole poor one of the senators and so to make a long story short the bills didn't get out of committee the caucus support was not there now the issue, now let me stop let me just sure. ask you something because from my understanding and again mm-hmm. I, I love when people have more detail than i can correct me because mm-hmm. i'll tell you i i follow all of this only 
sort of in a cursory way sure. because it's annoying and I <laughs> much, I really respect you for going down there and watching this fucking circus every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's my understanding that the idea that it didn't have the votes mm-hmm. was just was was only going on McBride's word that he didn't have the votes in the caucus. That's it. So that I was going to bring that up next. So that's there's kind of um, debate about this a little bit. So because my understanding is that they did not have the votes. Most of the caucus did not want to vote on it because there were a lot of there. I don't know if I should say a lot of people. There are people in their districts, whether they're a vocal minority or a vocal majority, whatever, that are very opposed to these bills. And some of them were quite worried that it would lead to them getting voted out of office. So the issue is kind of how much was this being driven by the caucus versus just leadership, Dave McBride and Nicole Poor. Um, you know, they may not have had the votes to get out of caucus, but could McBride and Poor have tried to... Here's my, my question. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we have we have McBride and Poor saying that they couldn't whip the votes in the caucus. Mm-hmm. I, I don't trust them as far as I could throw a car. <laughs> so the only other sort of evidence, and I want to get to the union thing, because mm-hmm. that's one of the pieces of evidence, is sort of like, okay, well, union there's a big union meeting, and then they put something on mm-hmm. Facebook. This fucking Delaware with Facebook is fucked up. That's a that's a story for another day. <laughs> I'm not on I'm not on it. I hear it like second and third hand. Oh, okay, fucking weirdos. <laughs> so the story goes, or here's how I understand mm-hmm. it: that um, there was this there, a, a meeting, there was some f- social media bluster, mm-hmm. and then somebody got cornered at a constituency meeting by some union guys. Now I don't know if any of this is true. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only sort of information we have, and I feel like it's all, it's an, it's a, it's a really nice excuse mm-hmm. that does not fly with me. Now, what's your feeling about the evidence that there was some sort of constituency effort? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure, I, look, I know people love their guns. Jesus Christ, don't let me say anything about that. <laughs> and I actually do. I, I, I have a very sort of complicated opinion about the whole issue mm-hmm. myself. But, like, do we feel like they really got pressure? Is there evidence that they were feeling pressure or that they just fucking shit their pants? Um, I don't think there's necessarily a lot of public evidence, but it's my understanding that there was some substantial union pressure on at least a couple senators, Jack Walsh and Nicole Poor in particular. Um, they're, Jack Walsh is a big union guy. Poor's district is pretty union heavy, I think, so it makes sense. Um, there was the... The union, I shouldn't call it a union gathering, but a gathering of, you know, about a thousand people at a union hall a couple weeks ago. And I don't know how many were union, how many were non-union. James Marvellis, the president of the AFL-CIO, emphasized that it was not an official union event. There were non-union I'm sure that, people I'm there. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm, he, you know, he took pains to emphasize the unions were neutral. I'm sure he did. <laughs> he also said that he personally does not support the bills. But anyway, he posted about that on Facebook, and he tagged Jack Walsh, and he basically had the comment like, I hope legislators are paying attention. So it's kind of implied. Um, now, exactly, you know, if, if they go out there and then vote for those bills, if unions start actively working against them, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's any, like, kind of direct threat in, that was that implicit or whatever. But there was clearly pressure from the left as well as the right. And I think the left pressure is probably would cause them to knock it out of committee at least so i mean it's, it's one thing to take a what do you mean you mean you mean from from trade unionists pretty when much when you say left pressure pretty much okay. yeah 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 all right i just want to make sure i i guess um 
here's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. This is my I'm gonna and I always do this for my uh, journo friends <laughs> so they don't get fucking accused of something. This is my own commentary. Sure. Number one, Kowalko's a trade unionist. He, oh. he always has been. He has no. He doesn't have these problems. Mm-hmm. So he's doing something because it's not like there's not there's not like there's not trade unionists that live in Kowalko's district. Sure, definitely. <clears throat> Number two, you know, just and you might remember the dates, mm-hmm. um, but that uh, really vile little man that ran from uh, the Artlet, 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 Artless, whatever the fuck his name, call whatever. Guy ran against Carper. Fuck that guy. Uh, a Carper too, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> He was the he was a big uh, right to work guy. Mm-hmm. That was his big push, like a Koch brothers right to work guy. I think that's where he got his money to run against Carper. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and of course, that we're, we're able to, to uh, as far as I know, pretty neutralize that idea. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm a Democrat in Delaware and I help neutralize that idea, I'm going to go to the trade unions and say, "Look, motherfuckers." You, we can either help your union or not. Mm-hmm. Like, we're helping you. We're on your side. But you can't even give us, like, s- sensible gun, and this goes into my opinion of the of the legislation, too. Mm-hmm. Just sensible stuff that's not really going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I don't think that that would have any impact really on anybody. But it would at least say, hey, look, in certain circumstances, you got to have a little more care. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be a little, some more rules around it. We have to have some regulations here because what we're doing is not appropriate for a civil society. But do I think those three things would have had a real impact on, like, p- kids getting shot in Wilmington or some mass shooting somewhere that could happen anytime? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Um, so, <clears throat> considering that, like... You know, you don't want to just register your fucking guns, dude, when we just fought off right to work. It's it, nobody's prepared to make nobody's prepared to make a political argument, I guess mm-hmm. is, is the is the bottom line. And I think when we go through this today, I'm going to keep saying nobody really wants to make a political argument. That's why nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. A lot some people sign their names to things, which is nice. Some people make stronger statements than others, but most of them are complete like fucking marshmallows. There's like nothing there. Just push their squish them. You don't the Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. both. And so that's my little side on that is somebody trying to take a position because if we see you doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? I just want to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> and I, that's another thing I'm trying to spread in this whole thing is like we're, we're shining a light and you're you're not doing anything. You don't have mm-hmm. accomplishments that you can point to. So a, anyhow, so that thing's dead is dead now. Yeah, pretty much. Gun bill's dead this year. Um, I don't see any way they come back in 2020. I guess pretty much have to, if you're a Democrat supporting these, hope for uh, positive results in the elections in November 2020 and, you know, maybe come back 2021 and do something. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll talk about electoral politics since you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do, so we, we go through this whole thing about our political enemies being the Say basically the conservative Democrats mm-hmm. who were worthless. There's no politician in Delaware, to my knowledge, that is as worthless as poor Nicole Poor. Like the only time her name comes up is when she she uh, she was sent out to do somebody's bidding and kill something to make sure nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I ever see her fucking name. <laughs> she's fucking. It's not. She's another another marshmallow, a big nothing, a bunch of air. His his words, not mine. Air. Just to be clear. Oh yes, again, this is right on the debarkation <laughs> line. This is over the demarcation line. I'm here. He's there. 
I make a lot oh, okay. of inflammatory comments. <laughs> yeah, Nicole Poor, please speak with the journalists. I mean, God, your name hardly gets in the news. Talk to the fucking guy. <laughs> but like, they don't. So, in your in your article, you mention mm -hmm. uh, 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 Kathy again, and one you didn't mention, who I always have my eye on because we almost got him this time, is Mike mm -hmm. Ramone. Right. Right. Now, just kind of kind of in the in the general assembly. So, but again, these are if we replace them. Say with uh, you know Dave McBride. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. We got to start replacing the Dave McBrides. Yeah, that's um, if you're a left-leaning activist, then yeah, it's not just obviously flipping our seats, but you know who you replace them with, and in some cases, primarying people, getting more left-leaning Democrats in there. Um, I mean, there's a fair way to go in terms of making the legislature like progressive. I, I compare it to Maryland, where I'm from, which is a they're they're Maryland, and Delaware, both blue states. Um, Maryland has a Republican governor, but yeah. that's kind of Larry Hogan. Yeah, that's kind of where the um, how it falls. The governor then is up in off years, so that's turnout, whatnot. But Maryland, I consider much more left leaning in general. I mean, they did they got rid of the death penalty some years ago. They got stricter gun control laws. Um, just, you know, a, a lot of stuff like that. Their voting laws are in general more liberal. So, you know, you kind of have to replace them with the, the right people from point of views of Yeah, and again, and, I, and again, you can, I, I, I appreciate that you framed it that way mm -hmm. from the point of view of like a leftist activist. Because sure. I am a leftist activist. I mean, there's no question about mm -hmm. that. That's, where the, that's why we're drawing the line. Of <laughs> However, I think there's an argument to be made that like, do you want anything? Because the way we're doing it obviously does. We've done, we again. I, my argument is we have no accomplishments. Mm -hmm. We've accomplished nothing in, in probably th three years mm -hmm. that I can think of. And again, we have gone over the the the, uh, the ERA and in, in, in the beginning being, you know, not not something to, to say it didn't happen, but it was more of a, a more it, of a gesture is how some people have described I, I, it. I mean. It's a it's a, but it's it is a it's a proper gesture. A lot of gestures that you do mm -hmm. are overdue. Uh, they're socially required, and you didn't do them. Sure. So I would look at it like that. But again, yes, yeah, it's it's overdue. I'm, I'm glad that that happened. Mm -hmm. But again, when you look at the stuff, the other stuff, okay, like they they they, you can't get a jewel vape now. Mm -hmm. I think unless you're 21. Like mm -hmm. I know it really crushed broke broke Carl's heart. <laughs> he has to wait another year before he can vape the jewel, as many other men of his generation will do. I am completely emotionally. Devastated. <laughs> I knew it. I could see it in your face. I could see. I'm, now I'm starting to see the very, very subtle changes in your facial expressions. But again, I don't see a lot of accomplishments. So I would argue that you don't even have to be a leftist necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like I know teachers, for example, in the teachers' unions that I would say are, I would say they're progressive. Mm -hmm. You know, they're to the right of me, but they're the, to the left of Car per se. And I know other people who are. Are even maybe more centrist, mm -hmm. but they have particular issues that they care about, and they like to see some maybe the change in the tax policy, or maybe mm -hmm. the gun thing, or maybe the, you know, whatever it is. Sure. <clears throat> so there's an argument to be made that actually figuring out a way to get something to happen is mm -hmm. better for more than just leftist activists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned the conservative Democrats are useless, and so putting on my political analyst hat a little bit, like uh, take Bruce Ennis, he's never going to vote for the gun bills. He's pretty conservative when it comes to a lot of social issue, issues, death penalty. Um, he was against gay marriage. 
but he's a reliably liberal vote on a lot of things, uh, you know, tax bills, uh, things to help kind of the the little guy, like uh, manufactured housing residents, kind of something that comes to mind. So, I mean, if, if you're a li- liberal activist, is that the is that your priority, getting that kind of guy out of office? I don't think it should be. I think you should be focusing more on the Republicans. Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe. I mean, I, I take I take that point. Um, but I'll tell you, like, okay. My my thing is that reactionaries can be very regressive. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's already, and actually there's already been a call to reinstate the death penalty, hasn't there? Haven't mm-hmm. that just been discussed? Yeah, the bill I mean, can you imagine was filed. In, can you imagine that in 2019... Not even having the death penalty now. People want to reinstate it. So again, these things are always under threat. Mm-hmm. They had to pass the SB five a year ago or whatever it was to make sure oh, abortion. that we couldn't. Re- right. So things are always under threat. So I, my argument would be, you know, if nothing's getting done anyway, mm-hmm. and you're not, a, you know, you're not helping, and you know, I don't same sex marriage or, or uh, whatever, however you want to call it, it if. If that was under threat, do you think that, not that we would, I, I don't think we would ever go back, just like I don't think we're going to go back on the death penalty, mm-hmm. but if that was under threat, should we just not, because it's a social issue, not have any, bargain it away? Mm-hmm. I don't think we should. So I think you kind of have to be willing to draw your line in the sand. I'll go this far, but no further. You know, I'll be willing to compromise on X, Y, and Z, but there are certain things that I will not compromise on. Um I mean, gay marriage, obviously, it's kind of the law of the land, and I don't see that changing. Right. That was probably the most entrenched. But people, but again, people said that, and I have mm -hmm. sort of a personal interest in this, uh, not that one that you would expect, but, you know, people said that about uh, Roe v. Wade, Mm -hmm. and that's under significant threat. I mean, Mm -hmm. significant threat. Yeah. I mean, states are passing draconian laws so they can be the ones to go to the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. that they just packed, you know, over the last 18 months. So again, (laughs) Yeah, it looks like these things are are, are, are set in stone, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're not at all. Yeah, that's true. Things can change very quickly. Um, I'm reading a biography of LBJ. It's fascinating, by the way. The, the author's, li- it's multi-volume. The author's literally been working on it for 40 years. The point I bring that up is, like, the Senate had not passed, the U.S. Senate had not passed any civil rights bills between, like, 1875 and, like, 1957. There was literally, like, not one... And then they pass voting rights. And then uh, 1965, I think they do the whole big Civil Rights Act. LBJ really pushed that, whatever. So the point is, you don't know when things are going to change dramatically. Um, Depending on your point of view, they could change for the better or for the worse. So um, I don't know. You kind of have to – I think you have to be willing to compromise on some things to get things done. You may not like that, but I think you have to be pragmatic to a degree. Well, I'll tell you a book I'm reading Mm -hmm. just to counter that book. I mentioned it on a couple of episodes already. Uh, I just finished it. Uh, it's called uh, Democracy in Chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell's the name? Nancy Nancy McLean. She's a historian at Duke. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and the idea is that, you know, all through Reconstruction, the mm-hmm. whole idea of Jim Crow was to basically have the same system just to go back and make sure everything was still in place. Mm-hmm. There was also something like that on the economic side. Uh, it really started in earnest after they passed a new deal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and what you see and the culmination is is basically what has been the Koch brothers project over 30 years is to dis- dismantle all of that and they're about 70% of the way done mm-hmm. so the idea that 
once you once you sort of settle something, <clears throat> you should you can kind of play with that a little bit, or you can be pragmatic. And I don't mean to to uh, to be mad. <laughs> I fucking hate that word. <laughs> um, but like, <clears throat> yes, when you get to when you get to sitting down, once we agree that we're going to do the thing mm-hmm. that I say we're going to do, and we sit down at the table, and it has to be hashed out, then. We can hash out the details. But we do not negotiate what the thing is. We might negotiate how we do it. Mm-hmm. Medicare for all. Okay, I'll negotiate how we do it. But everybody needs free health care at the point of service. Everybody mm-hmm. in the country. Like everybody else. But, well, some form of that, that's what everybody else says. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to sit down at the table with me and, and make deals about how we do that, then I'm more than willing to send somebody else because I can't do that. But, but I'll send somebody who I trust, you know, to do that. That's fine. <clears throat> but if you want to hash out like that, not everybody in the country deserves free health care, free basic health care mm-hmm. at the point of free basic health at the point of service, then we have nothing to fucking talk about until I can until I get enough political power to mm-hmm. make you irrelevant. That's it. That's the way I look at it. People people are applying the lessons of 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 uh, cutting a deal. Before they agree on what the deal's mm-hmm. going to be, what you need to do is get political power and marginalize all of your political opponents. Then you cut a deal for how you're going to do the thing you're going to mm-hmm. do. So this is kind of a whole thing. I don't want to get too deep into this, but no, no, this is where we do this. Well, well. So one of the biggest issues in politics right now, Democrats and Republicans are so far divided. Right? There are so few issues where. Like they can compromise, they're like just they're not on the same page on so many things. Um, just like fundamental values, like they're different. Like um, Medicare for all, for one thing. Like you think that everyone deserves to have health care. You think it's a travesty. They don't. A lot of people think it's absurd to claim that everyone should have health care. Oh, socialism. You know, you've you've heard the arguments against, obviously. And quite frankly, I don't know how you bridge that divide because. I mean, like, look at the gun bills. You've got people showing up and, you know, we will not comply. Any form of gun control is infringement on our civil liberties. You marginalize those people. I mean, I think we already have done. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of democracy in chains. There's, because we've consolidated capital in in just a few hands, Mm -hmm. the Koch brothers can can buy a, 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 a school of economics at a major university to put out and push for and lobby for, you know, basically what our rotten ideas, rotten Randian mm-hmm. Milton Friedman ideas against the will of probably most of the people. Mm-hmm. You, you look at socialism as a word just in general, polled, or you look at Medicare for all mm-hmm. sort of in, a, in, in theoretical sort of terms, polled, they're extremely popular. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're, they we can't f- uh, enfranchise enough people to, to uh, uproot mm-hmm. A few people that have all the political power. That's how I see it. I, I, because yeah. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think... Convi- yes, there are people who call who scream socialism and it's like mm-hmm. a red scare. It's about a third of the people. But but the, the, the real people are the people with all the money who, that we're going to take. Mm-hmm. It's the person with the sugar plantation in Jamaica or the banana farm in the Dominican Republic or Cuba. Mm-hmm. That's why the reason people scream socialism for real—they never scream it. They just—they just do coups in Honduras. You know, we don't. The thirty percent of people that scream socialism on Fox News are, are absolutely irrelevant, mm-hmm. in my mind. 
That's how I look at it. Because I don't think that, and that's why when we look at it at a, at a, at a, at a little level, about some some two bit state senator getting hustled on social media mm-hmm. by 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 the AFL CIO president. There's not enough of them, but but they have the they have the political power because they know how to use it. Mm-hmm. We have to convince the majority of people to use theirs to marginalize those other people. Mm-hmm. Because I think all of these things are extremely popular. We have the people. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. So I, I would agree with the, and I think most people would agree with it, the premise that obviously more people involved is good. You know, we, people need to be more educated about politics. And that probably starts early in schools. Just, I, I don't know how you do that. But, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's some curriculum or something you can do to get people more involved. Well, it surprised you to learn that one of the things that uh, the Koch brothers and other organizations like this mm-hmm. are very, very shrewd at is infiltrating school boards and state school boards to ensure that they have approval on like history textbooks, civics textbooks, um, economics, mm-hmm. uh, science. I, I mean, we went through this uh, several years ago with the big science thing about them approving, but that was happened to be a big story about creationism and all mm-hmm. that. But it's 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 even it's even more insidious at the civics level. Mm-hmm. I mean, were you ever taught anything about Marxism? At all, ever? Not really, no. Not right. that I recall. Now, again, I'm not saying that you have to be indoctrinated, but we were indoctrinated mm-hmm. that there was only ever one way to do it. Not that there was another way that we discredited in this way, or they it applied it like this here. It just was evil, we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's funny because I feel like all of the places that you're saying the buttons we push, we do have to push them, but we also have to recognize they've been pushed against us. Mm-hmm. That's how we got here because very, very evil people that want to that want to keep the system the way it is mm-hmm. have infiltrated all of these things. I mean, I'm, again, it sounds like a consp- it would be conspiratorial if it weren't uh, actually true. No, I, I I know what you're saying, and I wouldn't disagree that money has an undue influence in politics, and uh, you know, therefore in american life life in the world honestly i mean you know when is that when is money not a factor or something um i i I mean that's the tough thing to get around that's back to empowering people and getting individual people engaged getting them educated and the masses overcoming the will of the few kind of i guess yeah i i think that's exactly the way i would i would put it that's what very well put i totally agree i mean we have to i mean if you look at it just as a a common sense thing, sort of mm-hmm. the way I put it before. Like, okay, well, you're a state senator and you're a Democrat, and most of the Democrats are on board with this. Actually, the three gun legislations aren't even that, aren't even that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're that draconian. I, you know, if you wanted to make a difference, you'd go f- much further. But it's a politically smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. The idea that, you know, some union gathering that was posted on Facebook and tagged into you would influence, would would like, would make you uh, wet your britches. In the position that you're in is a it's it's absurd on its face really, but the reason it is not is because the the lesser uh, have more actually have more political power than the few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. That's why Corbin's message, labor. If any, if this is going across the uh, the the Atlantic on some internet tube under the <laughs> under the ocean, uh, yeah, vote labor. Make sure you vote labor for the many, not the few. Well, since um, the specific gun union thing unions are obviously pretty powerful in delaware they have a lot of sway in the general assembly 
So, and, and that's a specific example of what you're talking about. But. Yeah, and, and and you're and you're right. And I think the problem is that the unions that have big sway in the general assembly are mm-hmm. cop unions, which are the worst kind. If there's if there's only one kind of union that's not good, it's that one. <laughs> um, yeah, police definitely have a lot of power in there too. But but again, uh, I don't know why when you just fought against right to work. Mm-hmm. That you can't make a plan and say, look, we're obviously, look, this is how we're going to have to do this. Like, you, you guys don't get everything you want here. Mm-hmm. So just simmer down. I mean, we can have, we can have uh, Rob Arliss come down and fucking get, uh, you know, hired, hired guns to undercut you guys. And you guys can't, you know, feed your families. That'd be, that would be pretty cool, huh? Like, they don't even, but they don't even make that <laughs> argument. They're, they're not even, doesn't, it doesn't occur to them mm-hmm. to even say that. Because, again, it's the marshmallow theory. It doesn't occur to a marshmallow to say it either, because they're squishy, airy, hot, you know, empty calories. Empty calories, yeah, that's it. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying I agree with it, but there are, um, what's a good way to put this? I don't, I don't know. People in the General Assembly, a lot of them that are followers rather than leaders, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the way we've put it here before is like, they're there to try to get next to the podium when Carney signs something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way we put it. But I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you know maybe they're whether they were hearing you know like to to use the gun bills again whether they're hearing from uh, you know a lot of people who support them and then it's the unions who are you know just some union people against them. I don't think that's the case. I think they're probably hearing from the very vocal people and you know people like Brian Towns will claim that's a very vocal minority. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. I'm. I really can't say, but I think they're putting. They're just putting a lot of weight into the opposition. Um, maybe rightly so. Maybe not. I. I don't know. Um, but they've also, you know, by not bringing, not at least bringing the gumbos to a floor, but they've certainly angered a lot of liberal activists. I mean, if you read my first story about a month ago, Brian Townsend and the Sarah Stowens with Moms Demand Action were very pointed in what they were saying. I mean, Sarah Stowens basically said, we're going to primary you, McBride. Not in so many words, but it's pretty clear. Yeah, I just, I'd met her for the first time. I hadn't met her before. I met her very briefly at the abortion rights rally mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago in Wilmington. But I had had um, uh, <coughs> Sarah McBride did, did, a, did, a, did, a, did a bit, did mm-hmm. a piece in here, and we talked a little bit. I don't know if it made the podcast, but because because she was affiliated with Moms Demand Action too, mm-hmm. we kind of talked about their um, their effort. And actually, unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately, she might have been in a worse mood. But I spoke to her before the bill started, mm. and she actually, I, I re-listened to the episode too. And when I when we were bringing it up, she was like, "Well, they look good now." Like, or she she kind of that's why she's good at her job, I guess. Mm-hmm. She she sort of knew like it's never it's not done till it's done, and it wasn't <laughs> done. She was right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, they were very vocal, but it didn't, like, like I, I feel, I actually have a lot of, because, uh, you know, I do political activism, and I'm, I'm out mm-hmm. there in the street, too, and I feel really, um, there's people who, who took the time to actually show up and tell their stories, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the reason we get that they got, is, is just like we had to take Dave McBride at his word. Mm-hmm. Like that's what because because somebody posted something on fucking Facebook, I mean, I feel I feel a lot of um, solidarity with that with that situation with them, mm-hmm. and and again I like you said there are people it, it, 
I agree with you. You got to show up. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation with many activists publicly and privately that if you turn up, it's the best. It's the best possible thing you can do. Uh, and that's why I guess I feel so bad because it's even more than that. You got to keep turning. Up. Mm -hmm. You got to now we have to run it. Now we know where we're going to focus our resources, say for electoral politics. Mm -hmm. Now we know. You know, you just have to be very flexible in the project because I think you're exactly right. You know, you do the things you think you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I think based on the very little bit I know or that I've read, yeah, I think. Um, they've been very clear about some of the decisions that mm -hmm. were going to be made electorally. Sure, sure. Um, and since you mentioned the, you know, you have to turn up and you have to keep turning up, that's one of the things that the gun rights people do very well. And, you know, people like Brian Townsend will admit that. They're always there when there's a gun bill or something. They're very vocal. There's a large number of them. Um, so, you know, they would obviously pat themselves on the back for having an influence in defeating those bills. And I'm sure they did have quite an influence in yeah, defeating I mean, those. I, think, I don't think there's any question so. about that. Again, I, it, you know, uh, game respects game. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they, yeah, I mean, it's abhorrent and their views are vile and antisocial. But, yeah, I mean, they're doing mm -hmm. their thing. They're, yeah, they're whether vocal. you agree or disagree, right? obviously I'm not taking a stance, but they're very effective. We've been very clear about that. If anybody <laughs> thinks that this journalist has taken any kind of political stance, you can email me at highlandsbunker, highlandsbunker at gmail.com and I will ignore the email. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, they, I can't, what you said is exactly right. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, they, they, they should be. They, they did it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I, it makes my stomach turn. But that's that's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty well coordinated. They've got a pretty big Facebook group, Delaware Gun Rights. I think they formed last year when um, some of the gun bills were coming up. And they're, like I said, well coordinated. They're very motivated. They're there. They're loud. Well, I, I, I want to hit this topic before. Sure. Uh, I want to make sure because this is going to be a long, long conversation. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that people really uh, were were activated for, and I met a lot of these people, I know them too, and I have been um, smoking the dry herb all tonight. Uh, I might that's just the, that's on the record. I told I told Matt he can he can go ahead and write about that if he wants to and report me. I have not been smoking that. Just to be clear. Oh, uh, sorry. I was I was going to get to that. Yeah, he's actually uh, he's he's. Uh, He's disgusted by the whole affair. He was like, I'm disgusted by this. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, it's crazy. I don't do that. So just on, for the record, this, this conversation has already happened. Um, but so to marijuana legalization. Mm -hmm. I've gotten in Carney's face about this because he's mm. such a fucking spud. But that that just fizzled out too. I mean, nothing this term. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think, I think the problem is that... Um, I mean, these aren't the, these aren't these people in Dover. They're not rocket scientists. They can't mm -hmm. handle too much at one time. That's I mean, that's pretty clear. But it's funny because the push was, and I didn't never believe it would get it on this turn because mm -hmm. Carney's, you know, full against it, and the cops are totally against it. But <clears throat> I thought that there would be more of a concerted push again because it got so far the last time. Mm -hmm. You haven't heard a fucking peep. Have you heard a peep? Um, I mean, not. A whole lot. They obviously introduced the bill a couple weeks ago. There are activists down there, a handful of activists down there a lot. Um, I get emails from the Cannabis Advocacy Network, and, you know, they got their rallies and stuff, but certainly not like the gun people. Um, the, the marijuana thing, it's kind of like a, 
I don't know. You keep knocking on the door and eventually it's going to open. It's not something that's going to happen this year in all likelihood. I probably not going to happen next year, but you know, maybe you get changes in the election 2020 and you do it in 2021. I don't know. I think you're, they're moving towards it. It's a process. And in moments of candor, I think the sponsors would probably tell you that, that they'd love to have it passed this year or next year, but there's a good chance that won't be the case. The support just isn't there. I don't know. Marijuana is one of the issues where, I mean, I'm, you've seen the UD poll, I think 61% of Delawareans support legalization. Yeah, that was, and that was, I think a year ago. Yeah, they've because that was before. I think you did uh, pay for that poll when mm-hmm. they were when the big push was the previous year. I think I'm not sure. Maybe so it, it was something. I, would, last year. I mean, like I, it's only you know in the, in recent history, it's only ever gone up. So I, sure, I guess what sure. I'm, I'm speculating is it's possibly higher now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not no pun intended. I'm sure, but um, <laughs> I just do it. Just I just they just come to me like that. But that's one of the issues where the general assembly, like. If you put something in the General Assembly, you'd probably get a different result than if you had a referendum. You know, just people go to the polls, vote straight up, should we legalize marijuana? Um, and it's worth noting only one state has legalized weed through the legislature versus the referendum process. Yeah, well, that was one of the big pushes <clears throat> before that happened uh, for Delaware. It was like, hey, we have the opportunity to do this like this, mm-hmm. you know, rather than some other way. And it's like a sort of a milestone if we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just one of those things you look at like... And I don't. I know that I actually know personally some of the people who have been advocating for it, and they're mm-hmm. they're great people. But it's just part of my privilege, and I recognize it. That unlike a gun person, I don't care that it's. I just I, you can just do whatever you want if you're not if you're not an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a, if you're white and you have a little bit of money, you can break small crimes as long as you, you just just do it appropriately. Everybody knows that. And the idea that they have to come out and, uh, and and freak out about it, you know, I just smoke weed wherever I am. Nobody's going to do anything. Uh, and and when you think about that, there's this big argument. Uh, it really drives home the point. And I'll make this point, and, and maybe you can comment on the mm-hmm. because you mentioned it before the the influence that the cops have in the legislature, um, both sides. Um, you know, the, the cops, and they'll tell you this. They've told me this. Um, you know, we just. You know, we, we get guns off the street because they can say they smell it in a car and they mm-hmm. can do a search. Or they say they smell it here or whatever. So it's just another it's just another way for them to put the boot on the neck of the people that they deem themselves that needs the roughing up. And so it's just another loophole that they have. And because they have that loophole, and because, in my view, and I think I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, that the, the police have what I would say isn't, an overrepresentative authority in the Delaware legislature. Mm-hmm. Descri- defining it as over something as over under representative is a little hard to say, but they definitely have a that's substantial fair. influence in there. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. I would say I would say that uh, maybe I, I should frame it the way you did. That's why you do this for yeah. Li- yeah. Why you do this for living? <laughs> like you, they they have a very obvious influence on a lot mm-hmm. of things that that almost no other group would have. I I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah, there are. Five of the General Assembly, 62 members are former cops, I believe, um, including the Speaker of the House, Pete Schwartzkopf. Yeah, we, we, uh, his, his name comes up here from time oh, to time. Oh, I'm, I'm aware how you guys feel about him. Yeah, <laughs> like a pumpkin head. But, um, and one more thing about marijuana, a point I wanted to make. The General Assembly, and I think this is probably true of legislatures across the country and across the world, really, but it skews older, and older people are 
you know, generally more opposed to older people, generally more conservative. So obviously you've got, you know, more likely to oppose marijuana legalization, for instance. And this is why the fucking boomers sold us out, by the way. (laughs) They should have been fucking leading the charge on this. But they're all a bunch of fucking sellout babies. Boomer babies. They were hippies and then they. Yeah, what a bunch of shit that is. We were sold a fucking bill of goods. Now they're all fucking hedge funds managers with their boot on our neck saying you can't smoke weed. Get the fuck out of here, fucking boomers. A lot of boomer energy there. But yeah, I mean, that connection between, you know, so many, the, the, the influence of law enforcement mm-hmm. uh, is almost as much as the influence. I, you know, the, the economic foundations of this state are pretty established. So the Chamber of Commerce has a lot of influence on Carney. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, just so that we can keep up. Our, that, that's our, another group our, that has a lot of sway in Lake Hall. That, that's why when we started talking about influence, I would say that from the economic side, certainly they they make sure that the that we continue to run a world-renowned tax haven here. So that's important, apparently. <clears throat> on the sort of social, cultural side, the influence is the cops. That's how I would look at it. And unfortunately, the influence they have are over, quote, Democrats, unquote. So, again, this goes back to our original thing about who is our political enemy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can't put you on the spot. <laughs> I won't do it. Well, I, I will just say that, I mean, this is getting into a big thing that all, kind of off topic. But obviously, that's one of the flaws of the American political system. Two parties, I mean... To, I don't know. How much does Bruce Ennis really have in common with, like, John Kowalko? Obviously, they're on the same issues on a lot of stuff, but then there are plenty of issues where Bruce Ennis has more in common with Dave Lawson or, you know, Gerald Hawker or something. And I'm not trying to single anyone out. Those no, are just, just examples that come to I mind. I mean, it's just a fa- everybody who would observe it even casually like mm-hmm. I do would, would say that that's true. Like, again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. You think the society or the, the culture... Just the world, human mm-hmm. beings. You think that we've made this kind of progress, and, and we have. But, you know, that's it's very, very tenuous. And, um, you know, that's, that's I guess that's why I look at it. And we were talking about that just on a, on a local level. Mm-hmm. You know, people think, well, we, we, we're done with that. We, that's, that's finished. And uh, you have to be very careful mm-hmm. about that stuff. Yeah, um, to use the example of, well, to uh, kind of back up what you're saying about how things, yeah, you can't take things for granted, kind of. Delaware repealed the death penalty in, I think, 1957, brought it back in 1961. So I'm sure there were a lot of people who were very elated for a couple of years, and then they realized that, oh, actually, never mind, all our work is undone. So, yeah, and again, people, and that's the other thing they don't do is they don't, don't look at it in sort of a historical perspective. Because mm-hmm. I think there was a lynching... There was a lynching in Salisbury, Maryland, after World War One. Hmm. I, I believe it. And, and I'm not sure about my exact dates, but I definitely know it was in the 20th century, mm-hmm. and it was way too recent for people to be like, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there was there might have been a kid there that's still alive that saw that, mm-hmm. but people don't. Uh, again, they don't put it in political perspective, and I think that's the kind of stuff that gets exploited. Mm-hmm. Actually, politically, whether it's local, state, whatever it is. So, last question. Sure. Now, I was going to ask you to fucking 
shit on Dave Lawson because I hate that guy. <laughs> He's such a, another ex-cop, by the way. Now, again, here's what I'll say about Dave Lawson real quick before I ask you the last mm-hmm. question. <laughs> Shows you just the ex-cop guy. You you made a tweet earlier this week oh, yeah. that there were the, the, there were the, some kind of budget discussion was happening, and uh, they were going to allocate. I don't know, quarter million dollars mm-hmm. to uh, Dell State female athletics just to f- help fund the tra- whatever whatever female mm-hmm. athletics they have there. And he raised some sort of objection on the, since the ERA passed. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's no more disingenuous cocksucker than that guy, and I know I'm not supposed to use that word, but I'm fucking using it because that's some. So this is the and, and this is something you can report on just to refresh my memory because mm-hmm. awesome. this was the guy who there was a kerfuffle about the imam coming and doing the, the, the blessing mm-hmm. and he I don't know if he walked out or he voiced yeah, some sort of was... he voiced some sort of dissent yeah 2017 Lawson and Benini walked out I believe and then when they came back in Lawson made a comment about how he fought for our country and um I, I I don't want to say the wrong thing, but no. But he made some sort of some sort of dissent. He made he voiced his dissent in some way. Yes, yes, yeah. So again, this guy was a this guy was a Milford cop in like the eighties or nineties. Uh, now state what, police, I think. Well, I think he started as a no. I think again, no, no, he was with the state police as well because I think he was in the military too. Yeah, he, he did. Was. Yeah, he was in the air force or something. Um, now just in your mind, picture knowing what what he said is on the record. Uh, about the ERA, just being real snarky about mm-hmm. it, and what he said about the imam, and other things that were documented. The, he, the, him and Benini were uh, featured in Sarah McBride's book that's down there. Mm. Uh, they made some really, really nice comments to her that are on the record. Uh, <clears throat> now, think of what kind of police officer that guy probably was when he pulled people over. Like, think in your mind, like, if he ever just happened to smell the odor of marijuana, and and... And the people that he interacted with on the street, and think of how he probably treated them, knowing the way that he he really feels. And again, I have no problem with him walking out on the imam. He can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. He can even say whatever he wants. All I'm doing is asking people to imagine in their mind, twenty years ago, when that person, twenty years ago, had to interact with human beings on the street and had. And had the lethal authority and the and, and the authority to do uh, to do violence on people, with with basically as we know now pretty much in, impunity. Just imagine in your mind, just in generalities, because it's it's actually it's it's very 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 chilling. That's my little aside on Dave Lawson. <laughs> so, do we expect? Uh, is really the would you, is there any other business that's going to be of of sort of earth shattering, but or is it more just budgetary stuff until the end of the term now? So what's coming up? So the Joint Finance Committee basically finalized the budget um, yesterday. I guess by the time you guys hear it, it will be last week. But so that's pretty much taken care of. There's still a lot of revenue out there that's not committed to something yet. Um, so some of that will surely go to road construction projects. Some of that will probably be set aside in the future for the budget smoothing, unofficial budget smoothing. Um, but anyway, so I mean, the budget is always the number one thing. Pete Schwartzkopf is so fond of saying that passing a budget is their only constitutional responsibility. That's um, a Democrat, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a real go-getter. I mean, if you look at him, you can understand why it's not a go-getter. How's he going to go anywhere? But anyway, so 
other issues out there. Um, there will be the there's Sean Lynn's safe gun storage bill. Basically, it changes the crime of allowing a minor access to a firearm to general unsafe storage of a gun. That'll probably be taken up next week. I, actually, by the time you guys hear this, this might have been passed by the House already. Yeah, we're going to be about a week lag. Yeah. So this is like uh, mm-hmm. 30th, of, 30th of May. Yeah, so there will be that. Um, marijuana might get a committee hearing this month. I'm not quite sure what the plan is. They'll obviously have to see what level of support they have. So that's it. You're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna try to make that uh, riveting for us for the rest of this term. Yeah. Well, to to jump back in and what else? There are some election bills out there. The one just introduced that would allow voting by mail. That's in the House. There are a couple like election that. bills. That's a good one. That are in the Senate, I believe. Um, what moving moving the presidential prime or moving the state primary to coincide with the presidential primary in April, even in off years, just in general expanding voting access to. Yeah, I like all that. The, the, the bunker is uh, supports uh, <laughs> mail voting by mail and whatever else makes it easy to vote. So those those might see action, but I mean it, it's hard to say how much of the stuff that gets passed will be substantial. It'll obviously have an impact to a, to one degree or another. Will it be the kind of big stuff that you're really looking for they can point to as an accomplishment? Probably not. In Matt, all I have, Matt, I have to be honest with you. My expectations <laughs> are pretty low. I set the bar. You actually would probably be surprised how low the bar set. <laughs> but the, um, the, the budget's always the biggest thing when it comes to June, and this is very different from 2017 when we had no money. We've got lots of money this time around well we always have lots of money just depending on where it is sometimes it's in different places and we have to go get it we've got extra revenue this year two years ago we had a big shortfall and that was the extraordinary session and whatnot that was wild um but yeah it should be interesting um trying to think of anything else but stay tuned i mean june june always has surprises yeah you know what june might have a big surprise Let's see. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming. Yeah, no I hope problem. you come back. <coughs> I got. I I was teasing uh, Lex the other day. We were watching the the, the football at the pub, mm-hmm. the, the Europa League final, and I said you were coming in, and I said you know I'm gonna have to trash you guys at the News Journal. <laughs> and he was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that's how you, I mean, you know I'm seeing it. He's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I said, uh, you know, you know I love you guys. I love your work, Jedra, Carl Baker. You guys are great. I love all, I love everything you guys do. But I said, but your your coverage of like like Dover and State Pilots is fucking weak. I say like, Biddle is far better. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to give Delaware State News a big shout out. Matthew C. Biddle on Twitter. Right? Yes, that's correct. that's correct. That's correct. You'll be tagged in for sure. Awesome. But um, yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, this is another wonderful episode from Inside the Bunker. Um, to cover uh, what we talked about. Lula Livre, vote labor, left is best. Cheers.